Hello everybody! Welcome back to another episode of The Angry Environmentalist. I'm so excited to have you all back, or if you're new, so excited to have you here. All are welcome. Uh, today we're going to be talking about coexisting with coyotes, and just my experiences with coyotes as well. I actually had a really cool encounter that I'm going to talk about that happened two days ago. No, yesterday. Literally happened yesterday, which is perfect, and it really inspired me to want to do this episode about coexisting. I'm also, for new people, I'm a naturalist at a preserve in New York, so I do educational programs and things like that, and this week on Saturday, I'm actually hosting a program surrounding coexisting with coyotes, so this is a perfect time to do this podcast, and I'm super excited to share the knowledge with you guys so you can be better prepared when you do see a coyote, or if you do see a coyote, what to do what are natural things, and what we can do to keep ourselves, our pets, and the coyotes safe. So I'm going to start with my own personal experience that I just had on Tuesday with Coyote. Um, I was working at the preserve, and I was doing a little walk around to do a live video to show people the scrapes and rubs that deer do during this time of the season. If you see like marks on trees, that's most of the and you see like leaf clutter that's kicked up under a tree. Most of the times that's a deer, a male deer, a buck, kicking up the leaves, leaving a scent. They pee on that scent as they pee on that ground as well, and they scrape the tree with their antlers. I was doing a live video on that, and all of a sudden, in the live, which was pretty awesome that my followers got to see this, it's on Taylor at Taylor's nature underscore nature. That's my other Instagram. And then if you want to follow Angry Environmentalist, it's angry underscore environmentalist on Instagram. But I was doing the live on that other Instagram and all of a sudden I hear like a darting noise. And I look over and about 100 feet away from me is a coyote running. And at first I thought it was a husky. I thought it was a dog. And because I saw like a red mark, I thought that was a harness. It ended up being... Um, blood and it was cut that coyote had a little injury and it darted past me went about 200 feet away from me and just stopped and stared at me and some people in this circumstance would be terrified oh my gosh it's stalking me it wants to hurt me it wants to eat me it's it's gonna kill me it's gonna come bite me no most of the times the reason why that coyote did that was because it was scared of me it was trying to get away from me so it stopped where it was to be silent and still, and we were both watching each other. It was pretty cool. We both were watching each other the whole time. I was there for about 20 minutes watching this coyote. And on a human aspect, I don't want to approach it, because one, that's when a conflict starts, and that would all be on me if I approached that coyote and something happened. So I stayed where I was. I didn't run away. I didn't chase it. I didn't go closer for pictures. I stayed where I was. I did take pictures. I stayed where I was. I just waved my hands a little bit. I, there's no need at this point to haze it, and I'll get into hazing in a little bit, but there's no need to scare it because it's not doing anything towards me. I'm in its home right now, and it's not trying to hurt me. It's not showing aggressive behavior, so I'm just waving my hands just so it knows that I'm there. It sees me. I want it to see me. I'm not yelling. I'm not throwing anything. Just so it knows that I'm here and I'm big, I'm a big person, I'm, you know, that, not scaring, but 
just that I'm a big presence and not to mess with me and I won't mess with it. And it was a beautiful encounter. It ended up, it did have a wound and it was licking itself. And a lot of people will probably ask, well, why didn't I help it? If it was injured from a car, a human-made structure, a human hurting it, I would, as a wildlife rehabber, I am a licensed wildlife rehabber in New York State, my instinct would be to call somebody who can help. I can't do coyotes. That's not under my license. I need someone who's specialized in that. My my gut would be to call a rehabber. But from looking at the side of the coyote, it did look as if it were to be from probably territorial fighting from another coyote, which is the circle of life. And my personal beliefs is to let circle of life happen if it's not from a human-made structure or a human-made incident. So I did let it go. It looked completely fine, just some blood on the side of its back. It looked like it had like a skinned mark, possibly from, you know, tearing at each other. And it did look like it had a puncture wound from, like two puncture wounds from a bite. So I let it go. It ended up after us staring at each other and it just staring there for 20 minutes, it just ran off on its own. And that was a beautiful encounter. And that's how most, when people say encounters, that's how most encounters are. Most of the times they don't want to mess with you and they're, they're more scared of you than you are of them. So what's the point of, of hurting them and doing all this stuff when they're, they're fine? They're fine. So now I'm going to go into a little bit about coyotes and kind of do my program so you guys get to learn about them and learn what to do. So coyotes are Canis latrens. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the Latin name correctly, but that's, that is what it is. <laughs> They're about four to five feet long from nose to tail. They weigh about 25 to 45 pounds, so much smaller than a German Shepherd. They're usually reddish, blonde, dark, and sometimes gray variations. But, you know, you, you know what a coyote looks like? You can Google a coyote. I'll put one in the, the picture bio for the podcast so you can see it. And they're crepuscular. So if anyone knows what crepuscular means, it's basically that they're most active during dawn and dusk. But, again, animals don't always follow these strict rules of when they should be out and shouldn't be out. So just because you see a coyote during the day does not mean it's rabid. It could be rabid, but it doesn't always mean it's rabid. There's so many other signs to look for when an animal's rabid, like drooling coming out of its mouth, looking like it's walking like it's drunk. There's all these other signs. So just because an animal's out during the day like that, a coy- especially a coyote, does not mean they have rabies. They're opportunistic omnivores. So a lot of people think coyotes are carnivores. They are, in some senses. They do eat meat, but they're omnivorous. They will eat berries, and that's why they're called opportunistic. When there are berries and that kind of stuff available, they will eat it. Just like your dog. Your dog loves sweet things like berries and stuff like this. They love that too. They are dogs. So they're in the canine family. They're not dogs, but they're in the canine family, which I guess is a dog. But... um. So they will also eat, they're scavengers as well in a way. They will eat dead roadkill if they see it. They're opportunistic. That's a very important thing to remember about them. They 
will eat rabbits, different type, other different types of small mammals, insects, plant material, roadkill. And luckily for us, coyotes are starting to go for white-tailed deer, like smaller white-tailed deer, because we do have a big issue with white-tailed deer here in New York, uh, overpopulation of them. And when we killed all the wolves, coyotes kind of came in and filled that niche that the wolves left, you know, when we killed them all. In the 1890s was the last wolf in New York. So it's been a long time. Coyotes aren't native to New York. They're not invasive either. So when we say something isn't native, it does not mean they're invasive. So they came here and they took over the role that wolves played, which was good. We needed that. So why are coyotes important and why do we need them in our ecosystem? So we call these ecosystem services what they do. So they're the cleanup crew of nature. They scavenge for dead animals and roadkill, which is super important or you just have a bunch of dead things lying everywhere. They're not the only scavengers, obviously. There's vultures, there's mushrooms that aren't really scavengers or decomposers, but there's different kind of things like that, but coyotes are a big help. They help limit the spread of Lyme's disease by eating small animals and keeping those populations in check. So if anybody has ever had way too many deer or chipmunks or little small animals and rodents eating your vegetable gardens or your plants and your flowers, it doesn't mean there's always an overpopulation, but if you have coyotes and fox around, I'm sure the population sizes are much smaller. Like this this summer, we were able to actually have a garden because fox, a group of fox, live, ended up living not in my backyard but near my backyard and were eating some of the chipmunks and the squirrels that were decimating and destroying my garden. <laughs> and I was pissed because I worked very hard on that garden. So again, they're amazing for keeping those populations in check. Love that. Love them. Um, so there are human-wildlife conflicts. And it's so important to stress that these conflicts happen due to human error and human intrusion on wildlife and into their habitat. That's super, super, super important to note. It's not the wildlife's fault. It's humans, as in we have overpopulated this planet. I don't know why I said overpopulated, so weird. I was going for something else, but overpopulated, I guess. Overpopulated the area. And that then turns into, since there's too many people, we're constantly seeing this wildlife more and more because we're also destroying their habitats. So when we came in and destroyed houses, or destroyed rooms for houses, like areas for houses, we were taking animals and indigenous people's previously used land. So we displaced many different humans and wildlife in doing what we did to all of the world. So it's really important to note that and it's really important to see why these conflicts are arising now with wildlife. Um, Incidents-wise, I'm going to go over a few incidents. There's really been, oh, not really, there have only been two recorded incidents of humans being killed by coyotes in the United States and Canada ever. And it's also important to note that 300 people are killed by domestic dogs per year. So we have this irrational fear of coyotes while we have dogs, and I'm not trying to scare people of dogs either. I love dogs. I will always love dogs. But again, humans do not do the best things with dogs all the time either, and that's why these people are probably killed from the dogs. Um, but 
Why are we scared of coyotes when there's only been two recorded incidents of humans being killed? In over 38 years, from 1977 to 2015, there have only been 367 documented coyote attacks on humans from non-rabid coyotes, while there are 4.5 million dog bites annually in the United States alone. Again, these are just some statistics I wanted to throw in there to be of like, why are we, why are we scared of an animal that rarely actually hurts us? But again, rare does not mean that it cannot happen. So it's important to know, again, coyotes aren't naturally wanting to attack us, but in the times that they have bitten people and attacked people, it's because one, they could be rabid, which is again, not the most common thing, but they could be rabid. They have been rabid. Somebody either unknowingly approached a den, and sometimes people knowingly approach dens, and with pups and stuff, there's, you know, protected behavior. And that doesn't always mean the person's going to get bitten, but it means that there's going to be a, a lot of the times the animals, I don't know if it's what the right word is, maybe not baiting, but they'll kind of run at you and stop to scare you, to make you run. Um, or they've been habituated to humans due to humans feeding them, whether that's intentionally or unintentionally. Intentionally, obviously, it'd be I threw a piece of chicken outside when I see a coyote. They're obviously going to associate Human, good. Human, human, feed. You know, that kind of stuff. But then there's also leaving things outside, leaving your garbages open or not securely contained. In my area, I constantly, we, we put a bungee or something around or we just, if, if there's bear or stuff, we, you know, adapt to the wildlife that's in our area. It's important to do that. What should you do if... You are in this situation where you have a, a rabid approach to den or habituated to humans coyote that's not scared of you and baiting at you, growling at you, approaching you. What should you do? One, do not run. Do not run. Who knows what happened when I saw the coyote that day? If I ran, I'm sure the coyote would have ran the other way. But if the coyote was approaching me and trying to come at me, I do not want to run. I want to make myself look big. Number two, make yourself look big. That's when I was waving my hands, even though it wasn't coming at me. I just wanted to know, it to know I was big. You know, I'm big, whatever. Number three, yell, make noises. I remember when I went to Alaska for bear to make sure you didn't scare the bear as we were approach, walking around. You didn't approach bear, especially brown bear. I'm not going to approach a brown bear. But when we were walking around, just in case we did see one, we were constantly talking and our guide would go, here bear, there bear, if it got silent in our group. So here, coyote, there, coyote, yell around, do whatever you need to do, whatever. Back away slowly, facing the animal. If you turn your back, that's, you don't want to do that. Do not turn your back. Have you, in all nature documentaries you watched, have you ever seen, what, what happens when the animal turns their back? The prey animal, they get eaten. I'm not saying you're going to get eaten. I'm not saying that at all. But that's what happens, okay? So why would we turn our back? Again, the animal's not going to eat you. The coyote's not going to eat you. But don't turn your back, okay? Two and two. What number am I? I don't even know what number I'm at. But lastly, hazing. That's all that stuff. Hazing. Talk to your friends about hazing after I tell you what hazing is. Hazing is basically like, not like what people, I mean, it's kind of like what people do to humans. But <laughs> we're not in a haze in the sense of drinking like we do with humans. Again, really bad. We don't like hazing. 
but we like hazing when it comes to animals that need to be hazed. So it would be having a whistle, blowing the whistle. It would be shaking something that's loud, like if you have like, I don't know, like things that make loud noises when you shake them. <laughs> something like that. Um, yelling, clapping, slapping something together, whatever. Whatever it needs to do to make noise, be loud. Again, I recommend doing that if you have coyotes approaching your house or something. You just want to make sure they're scared or approaching you and they don't look rabid or anything. They're just not scared. Just hazing. Things like that. That's what you do. Educate people about that. And you can th also throwing rocks. But when I say throwing rocks, you're not throwing them at the animal. You're throwing them in the general area to get them scared. Do not throw it at the animal because that is animal abuse. We're not going to do that. Um, but hazing, super, 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 super important to know. You can use this for a lot of different animals um, that are either approaching you or all this stuff. Great things to do. How can we coexist with coyotes? The most important part. Again, like I said, we're not feeding them. Like I said before again, intentional, unintentional. We can have fences. You can put fences around your property. That's not going to say that it's no coyotes are going to get in. Because if anyone's seen on the news, sometimes coyotes jump over fences if they want food. So that's not going to completely get, them, get rid of them. But it could deter them. And it will deter them in certain instances. Again, hazing. Whistles, all this stuff. But if the coyote is near you, is not near you or not approaching you, leave it alone. It's passing through. It's... It, it's doing its thing. Respect respect the coyote. You're in its land. You're on its land. You're on its home. Leave it alone. Unless it's hurting you, trying to hurt you or approach you or all this stuff. If an animal looks injured, you want to definitely call your local wildlife rehabbers and tell them the situation. Um, in New York State, you can go onto the DEC's website. You'll find my lovely name there and my contact information. But do not call me just for fun. Call me if you see injured wildlife. But I, again, can't do not, cannot deal with coyotes because I'm not licensed for coyotes. Supervise your pets. Now let's talk about pets. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's going to eat my dog. It's blah, 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 blah. Yes, they could eat your dog. They could hurt your dog. Big, on, big emphasis on the could. If you're doing the right things, your dog is not going to get injured. If you're doing the right things. Again, if there's a rabid coyote, that could happen. But... A lot of times, animals are getting, little animals are getting taken by coyotes because they see that as a prey animal. If you're letting your little chihuahua outside by itself, that, that's food for a lot of different animals, okay? That's definitely could be roadkill. It could be prey for a hawk. It could be prey for a bear. It could be prey for a coyote. So let's, I had a little King Charles Cavalier Spaniel and no, I did not get her bred or buy her. We got her rescued. So don't come at me, <laughs> but um, adopt no shop. She would go outside only with my bigger dog together, never alone. And if she was alone, I would put her on a leash or supervise her because I have coyote living in my area. She ended up passing away at like 10 years old, 
But not once did we have an issue, and we have coyote and fox and the occasional black bear come through my yard. Never had one issue. Never had one issue with any of my four dogs. Because we supervise, and we make sure that the area is good, clear, and ready for my dog to go outside. Supervise your animals, and you'll totally limit the possibilities of them getting hurt, injured, killed. That's coexisting, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to watch my dog. Then don't get a dog. That's part of caring for an animal, is watching them. And again, anything could happen. I'm not saying that those people who have had issues with their animals are bad people or bad animal owners. Because sometimes you will, not sometimes, rarely, on rare occasions, an animal has been attacked and killed from a coyote when the person had it on the leash and was supervising it. It could happen. Rare, but it could happen. So we want to make sure we're prepared, knowing how to haze, knowing who to call. Again, every state is different. Every local municipality is different. So do your research. I know in my county what who to call. I know the region I need to call the DEC. I know the animal control number. I constantly know that stuff. Know the stuff. And I can't again, I can't share that with everybody because everybody on this podcast might not be in my area. But it's important to look up what the rules and regulations are in your area when it comes to coyotes. A lot of times when you see them in your yard, again, going back to the hazing and stuff like that, when you see them in your yard, they're kind of just passing through. And it's important to note that. They're just, they just want to pass through. They're trying to get through your yard just like you're trying to get through your day. They're trying to get through their day. I've also, I've also heard about the, oh, they'll eat my children. Again, only two people have ever been killed by coyotes in the U.S. and Canada. One of them was a child, a small child with a rabid coyote. But again, going back to things like a dog, you don't want to let your child run around outside unsupervised either. Small children, if they're small enough to get pulled away by a coyote, they are way too small to be left outside alone. And again, there's way more other threats like cars, other humans, and dogs that are statistically just, just, more, not just, more dangerous than coyotes ever will be to a small child. So there's so many threats for children and dogs. Supervise, watch, it's our responsibility as adults to do these things. Now that we talked about, you know, the coexisting, what to do, it's important to know as well as somebody who does follow science that killing coyotes is not solving any issue. It's not solving the issue either. So it's being researched that when you kill a coyote, especially an alpha, an alpha coyote, and there's an alpha female and an alpha male in every pack, just like wolves, alpha female, alpha male. When you kill one of those, now what's happening is those pairs want to find a, a, another breeding pair because alphas will mate for life. So when you kill one of those, they need to find another mate. So now you're breaking up the entire pack. When the pack was condensed before to a territory, now it's every coyote for themselves. And they're going to disperse. They're going to be looking for a mate. Which means they're going to be a little more aggressive. So when you kill a coyote, you're feeding the beast. Coyotes are not beasts. I'm just using, you know, that term that everyone says. You're feeding the coyote. (laughs) Okay? You're feeding that little bit of aggression now. 
when they didn't have that before. Unnecessarily doing that disrupts the pack structure. It's causing them to migrate into new areas. We don't want to do that. Also, then you're going to have your problem of overpopulation of small mammals. You're going to have that problem again. Say bye to your tomatoes and your cucumbers. Okay, say goodbye. <laughs> but also, another thing important to know is it's being researched that coyotes are super adaptable, that by killing, even if you kill the babies and not the, or the younger litters and not the alphas, they adapt by having bigger litters. <laughs> so you might kill one of their litter, you might kill one coyote from their litter, now they're going to have two instead of one more. They're going to have two more because you just killed one. They're going to replace it. I don't know how that works, so do not ask me. But it's just being researched. I did some of my own Google Scholar research, <laughs> okay, and saw that. So super cool. Wanted to share that all with you. I really hope this was informative because I, I, I love coyotes. I love carnivores. I know they're not carnivores, they're opportunistic omnivores. I love things and animals and wildlife that are seen as society as these villains and portrayed as villains when they're not, when they're amazing, and the real villains are humans, but I'm not going to get into that because that is my belief. I'm sure a lot of people would agree, but again, they're painted as these villains. Wolves are painted as villains, why they're one of my favorite animals. And I'm really hoping this was informative to realize why they're not the villains of society and how we can coexist with them and live peacefully and coexist, like I just said, coexist. Coexisting with coyotes, period. I, again, hope this was informative. Thank you for listening to The Angry Environmentalist. And as always, stay angry, go out and make change. 